is time for the final regular season edition of State Champs Indiana Extra Point. It is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. Just go to ltuathletics.com and click on the Recruit Yourself link. Academic and athletic scholarships are available over two dozen varsity sports, including joined as always by Bob Stambazzi. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Just peachy again. I mean, did you just say we're entering into our last week and, and oh my, no, no, this couldn't have went by that quick. Yeah, I went to the pumpkin patch yesterday in shorts and flip-flops. It doesn't exactly feel like fall, uh, but the calendar does say that we are entering week number nine. Another way to tell that the season is scheduled to change at some point is a football pairing show took place on Sunday, which means we've kind of got three different facets of this show that will fit in and somehow in the span of 15 minutes. We'll talk about the big games from week number eight, preview what's coming up for week number nine, but obviously our attention is already starting to turn towards October the 22nd, and for all of 6A and the majority of 5A, October the 29th. In fact, for a couple of 6A teams, they now know after they don't play again until November the 5th. But first things first, let's start with where we were on Friday night. 35 nothing for you, Mr. Stan Bazzi. Tell me about your game on Friday. Well, we were out at uh, beautiful Treaty, Indiana, Southwood High School, the castle, and uh, Southwood just getting their quarterback back, who had separated his left shoulder uh, two weeks prior, Mo Lloyd, uh, come out, and, and I'll be honest with you, Greg, uh, they dominated uh, from opening kickoff, second play, uh, went for 75 yards and a touchdown to Cole Weiner from Mo Lloyd. But Mo threw the ball for 140 yards, rushed for 81, had a pick six, and the Hogs up front were phenomenal, phenomenal for Southwood. Uh, Whitco could not get anything going. Matter of fact, uh, Zach Nair, uh, uh, who was my catcher at Whitco, he did the game with me, and his brother was playing in the game. And he says, I hope those guys don't hit him too hard uh, because that's just what Southwood was doing Friday night. They were laying some wood out there. And, and Coach Steiner had a great plan, but such a class guy, he pulled the dogs off midway through the second quarter and that's tough to do now, Greg, when you only have 23 kids eligible to play on a Friday night due to sickness and illness. I mean, injury. So Friday night, things went well for Southwood. Sunday, things went well for Southwood as well because they were drawn uh, opposite, at least in the opening round, from either Adam Central or Churubusco. Those two teams, probably the best two teams in the sectional, will play each other in round number one. Then Southwood gets the winner of that game in the semifinals. I know Southwood has been a team that has made some deep runs in 1A. Adam Central likely the favorite of that group. Uh, just kind of break down how sectional 44 plays out in your neck of the woods. Well, you know, yeah, I, it, it's interesting you say that because I took a long look at that yesterday when the draw was coming out. And one thing that really jumped out at me, uh, a lot of people uh, aren't given a lot. I know it's not in the very same sectional but but the team i gotta have my heads up on is monroe central now adam central sure. sitting there sure. and south adams uh those two are going to hook up uh, i believe south adams to be quite frank with you greg walks through this sectional i don't think anybody is going to challenge him uh much to be quite frank with you and uh, the big hookup is going to be in that regional when those two get together but in our sectional at our place it's going to be adam central there is just i don't believe anybody that can physically and you've been around adam central 
physically stay uh, with that program this year. And again, Southwood is, is has been a really good 1A team. Uh, South Adams and Adams Central have, have played deep into the tournament. Uh, those two are not in the same sectional. So, for example, South Adams and Monroe Central go to sectional number 43. Uh, Southwood that Baz is referencing, along with Adams Central and Cherubusco, who are both ranked in the top 10 this week in 1A, are in sectional 44. So, in theory, you could have a South Adams-Adams Central matchup in the regional. But this year, all signs point to 8-0 Monroe Central coming out of sectional 43. The Jets of Adams Central, who are 7-1, only losses to an unbeaten 2A school in Eastside, 21-19 earlier in the year. Again, likely it's Monroe Central and the Jets in the regional. And again, Southwood, a solid team in, in the last couple of years. So with that, my game on Friday night was Carmel and Warren Central. And Carmel, at this point, clearly is the second best team in the mix. In terms of where that slots them in 6A, where there is this, there is obviously Center Grove at number one, then a significant gap to one of Merrillville, Westfield, Carmel, kind of in that next group, depending on your perspective, two, three, and four. And in terms of the draw, those four teams could all be in the semi-state because Merrillville is in sectional number one, Westfield is in sectional number four. Carmel is in sectional number five. Center Grove is in sectional number eight. So any of those teams would not mean until the semi-state. Carmel's lone loss to Center Grove in week number three. They played that game without their starting quarterback in Zach Osborne. I'm not sure he makes 27 points worth of a difference, but he is going to make a difference as Carmel is playing well. Both teams played well defensively in this game. This was a game that was really all about a, a few big plays. Carmel had a 65-yard punt return. Uh, they had a 70-yard-plus touchdown. They had three of those the week before against Ben Davis. Warren Central's only points came on a 65-yard kind of pass out in the flat with Ezra Baker breaking a few tackles and, and Warren Central getting on the board that way. But Carmel goes to 7-1. and one. They get the victory on Friday night. And no, Baz, I was not wearing my Carmel letter jacket at the game, but I did enjoy the free pizza from Lou Malnati's uh, that my quasi-alumni status got me um, in the press box. Now, to me, the more interesting story coming out of that game is Warren Central. And I alluded to this when we started talking a few moments ago. They know they're playing on October the 29th. They draw at Lawrence Central, uh, likely sets up a sectional championship rematch like a year ago. Lawrence North just beat Warren in the regular season last week. Last year, they beat them handily. Then four weeks later, Warren turns around and beats them in the sectional championship game. Um, LN Warren likely to play in a sectional final on November the 5th. However, the reason I bring up Warren's story here, Baz, is that they don't have an opponent next week. Because of playing Center Grove in week number one for the last several years, it has largely been a rotating door of out-of-state teams that Warren played. Couldn't find anybody. They're kind of on COVID standby. If a large school needs an opponent late in the week this week, if not, they go three weeks between games. They'll go from playing at Carmel on October the 9th to at Lawrence Central on October the 30th. And from your years of coaching experience in a variety of sports as a football coach, as Mike Kirshner, how would you handle something like that? Uh, this isn't good. Uh, right. You figure one week, maybe get a bye, right? Two weeks on the outside sure. because of the past two years. But three weeks, 
Greg, the biggest thing you have to work on in that is not so much mental stuff up front. It's conditioning those two weeks prior getting into that third week because you have to condition uh, those weeks to make sure you're prepared physically because your mental part will come. But you have to condition. I think that's one of the biggest things they're going to work on is conditioning to make sure also they get the edge or make the corrections they need to correct with their personnel to get them in the right place for that game. What else caught your attention, your neck of the woods in week number eight of the season, Baz? Well, it, it just, I'm telling you, you heard me talk about this team uh, earlier in the year. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they were the Indianapolis Colts uh, uh, team of the week, and, and Tippy Valley would scare me if I draw. Now, I would like you listen to the show yesterday uh, for the draw. Uh, they didn't give Valley much love. Uh, but that's okay. I, I, I think Coach Moriarty would just as soon fly under the radar. But this is a team that I feel uh, can go a distance in this playoff in, in uh, 3A. And they got a good, I think, uh, they got a good draw against Garrett. Now their second game, they'll probably play Mishawaka Marion. Not so good. But when you get through that, I think Valley uh, has done a great job. They're going to run the table this year, go 9-0. and uh, They've had some unbelievable tragedies up there with some past coaches passing away in the past couple of years in a plane crash and with cancer. So to me, this is just a healing process for Tippy Valley. And, and you just got to say, give your biggest canoe to coach Moriarty and what he's done with that program. The, uh, the result from week eight that I would have mentioned is something that we expected, but it is clearly worth noting. Center Grove is done playing mixed schools, at least for the regular season. Uh, they beat Lawrence North by a score of 43 to 19. Center Grove has just completed back-to-back unbeaten records in Mick play. That does not happen very often. Uh, they are looking to become the first team to repeat in the largest football classification in the state in 15 years. Warren Central won 5A at the time, the largest group. Four years running from 03 to 06. Nobody has repeated in 5A during the time it was the largest group from 07 to 2011, and no one has repeated in 6A from 2012 until this year, or 2013, I should say, until this year. This is the ninth year of 6A. And now that sets up what is clearly the game in the state, if not in the country, coming up on Friday night. Center Grove and Cathedral, one, number one in 6A, number one in 5A. Last year, this was clearly one versus two in the state. I'm not so sure it's not one versus two in the state again this year. Baz, from the outside looking in, your perspective on Center Grove and Cathedral coming up on Friday night. I'm going back to, uh, we talked about this game last year where uh, Cathedral had it. They had it uh, going in late, and, and Center Grove comes back and wins the ball game. Uh, you know what? I, I sit here and I look at this thing, and uh, it's going to be at Cathedral. I mean, they're the whole school, let's put it that way. Uh, the whole school. Uh, does that mean much? Nah, not really. But uh, because you play on all kinds of services, you play in front of those big crowds when you're playing down there. But I, I think this is, a, if anybody's going to get, and I'm going back to something also you made mention earlier in the year. This is a great center grove team, maybe not quite as good as last year's team. And that's why, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to give Cathedral the nod here uh, to upset. Uh, 6A Center Grove. <laughs> I, I will go the opposite direction, and, and, and let me explain to you why. This is a game that 
the reason that Center Grove and Cathedral are playing in week number nine, the reason it used to be Center Grove and Warren Central, is that those two schools said, why are we beating each other up the last week going into the playoffs? Exactly. Let's go play somebody else. Let's move our game to week number one. Well, then, of course, eventually Center Grove replaces that game with Cathedral. But now all of the 6A schools have a built-in buy, and, and they've got the opportunity to kind of you basically have played four consecutive games in a running clock scenario. The game against LN got to 43-7 before it got to 43-19. That was the most competitive game they played in the last four weeks. They have a week off. They then will play an improved Franklin Central team uh, in two weeks under head coach Jason West. That'll be Columbus North because that's a three-team sectional the week after that before then they would likely run into Warren or Lawrence North and then Carmel, Ben Davis, Brownsburg, some combination of that on the way to a state championship game. I think that Eric Moore now loves the fact that he's playing Cathedral in week number nine. He knows he gets a very good team to give him a tune-up before a week off, before the schedule, again, turns a bit easier, before it turns tougher. Um, I think Center Grove can focus more on this game. Now, frankly, Cathedral really hasn't been tested all that much this year. Relatively lopsided game with a very good 3A school in Burbuff last week. They do have to play next week. They are in one of the handful of five-team sectionals in Class 5A. They play host to Terre Haute North next week. Now, do I think Cathedral's going to get a stiff test from Terre Haute North? Not really. Uh, the first big test for Cathedral comes up when they will likely play Decatur Central in the championship game of their sectional, which would be on November the 5th. But I, I think Center Grove can frankly put more of their eggs in this game's basket than Cathedral does because they now do have to play a postseason game some seven days out. Um, and I do think that this Center Grove team, really the team they are trying to compare themselves to, is last year's Center Grove team in terms of talking about being one of the best in the history of the state of Indiana. So, again, could the game go either way? Absolutely. I'm going to lean towards Center Grove just a little bit in this game coming up on. One other postseason game that was drawn that I think is the best game in the state in terms of matching teams that are ranked in the opening round of the tournament, and that happens in 3A. That is West Lafayette is playing at Brebuff. West Lafayette head coach Shane Fry ranked number one in Class 3A, one of three unbeaten teams. You referenced Tippecanoe Valley. West Lafayette is one of the others. Um, I think they play Western this week in the championship game um, of the Hoosier Conference as, as they set those matchups up in terms of, of a division winner versus a division winner uh, in, in their league. Uh, I think West Lafayette Buff is going to be as good as any postseason game in terms of week number one. Any other matchups, Baz, that caught your attention from the draw on Sunday in terms of who is playing whom in week number one? Oh, there's no question up here. To me, uh, a big matchup early is going to be Leo again. Uh, yeah. You know, Leo and is going to be playing uh, uh, East Noble. And yep. they just finished playing each other the other day. And uh, Leo got them. And this is going to be a matchup uh, again. Uh, got, you got on both sides of the football up front, you got D1 linemen going to some pretty good football schools. And, and when you, as we talked before, you look at Leo, they throw the ball more than twice a game. It stopped the presses and checked the ball. East Noble, they're going to try to mix it up a little bit more. So this is going to be a little ball game up here 
in in the northeast corner. I got to throw one more thing at you if I can, Greg. Please, uh, you're a history buff, and the quarterback Carson Clark. We've talked about him for a couple of years. Set the all time. Now think about this. Set the all time sack passing record over sixty two hundred and fifteen yards over the weekend with a total. You ready for this? He's thrown 67 touchdowns in his career. And his top receiver has been in on a third of everything, Brody Glenn, with over 2,269 yards and 30 touchdowns. This is just a remarkable feat when you think about, and we've talked about the Mick and all those great schools in Annapolis, but the SAC over the past 25 years has been a football conference. And to set the record, he broke the record of his quarterback coach, who broke the record of the current head coach at quarterback, <laughs> all of three at Lures. So to me, that's a remarkable feat. And again, Lures finishes with Snyder this Friday, correct? Yes. Yes. So true. a great test for those two teams. Again, Snyder gets the week off because they're in the all Fort Wayne, the all sack 5A sectional up there. Right. And 2A has a lot of really good teams. But I don't think oh. anybody can match Lures. And again, Lures does play the next week. They host Fairfield. And Lures has always been competitive in the Summit Athletic Conference. Let's reference the fact that Friday against Snyder, which will not be easy against Kurt Tipman's team, no. that Lures would run the table as the smallest school in the Summit Athletic Conference with multiple wins over 5A and 6A competition. This is a special Lures team, Baz. There's no doubt about that. But I, I can't argue that, and I agree. That's a great comment, but I've got to bring this up. You can't – you brought this team up in the early part of the program, East Side. East Side and Lures <laughs> last year went down to the wire. I think it was 90 points scored in that football game. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to happen again. I mean, when you sit there and you look at East Side with their quarterback who's rushed for over 1,000 yards, thrown for over 1,000 yards, uh, this kid is good, and they flag. It's a blue collar community up there at uh, it, 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 the northeast corner uh, of Indiana, and this team will flag come after you. So they're looking forward. By the way, I will tell you this: they are looking forward uh, to coming after uh, uh, Lures again. And oh, by the way, just down the road, I think there's a school called Eastbrook in Jeff Adams. So this is the way up here. <laughs> Hello. Well, let's put it this way. Um, Lures is the best team in 2A, but like I said, there's other other great teams in 2A. Here is the potential postseason path for Lures. East, east side of the championship game of the sectional. Whoever survives that gets East Brook in the regional. You would think that likely Andrean, great yeah. team, would be waiting in the, in the semi-state. And then you yes. get to the southern half of 2A, which tends to be a bit more wide open. Heritage Christian is unbeaten. Lynn Stockton is unbeaten. And Central Catholic is in 2A, and they are in the southern half of the bracket yeah. in 2A. Yes. During their days in 1A. So, again, I think Lures is probably one of the top 10 to 15 teams in the state, period. But your point is well made. There's a lot of really good teams in 2A this year, and after maybe a easy first couple of weeks, potentially for Lures in the draw, they would have to play a great team four weeks running to win a state championship. Unfortunately, we are out of time. It is the postseason. Can you tell we're excited about it? Because we like blue. 
like five minutes ago. Let's thank our sponsor, Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself at ltuathletics.com. For Bob Stambazian, Kevin Behind the Scenes, this is Greg Rakestraw. Thanks for watching State Champs Indiana Extra Point.